1: Jimmy Murphy here with the CLNS Garden Report on Ice. is a, actually, double whammy here. we got the, the Bruins Beat podcast, all tied in one here for the Happy Festivus edition uh, of the CLNS Hockey broadcast here. And I'm joined by Ty Anderson of WEI. Ty, how are you doing? Jimmy, how's it going? Good and, to be uh, here. And, and as we called it, I think it was our, our cameraman here, uh, Bobby, it's called it the Mar- Mariah Carey microphone here, uh, but yeah, I, I like what you said. It's kind of old, dirty bastard. It's ODB. I it's mean, ODB. That looks like some ODV, some wu yeah, we, we got it going. So we're hip here on the Bruins beat and the Garden Report on ice. Uh, the Bruins just finished off a 3-1, I'd say rather lackadaisical at first, but hard-fought victory and. Uh, as a coach said afterwards, uh, these are the type of victories they've been getting lately, and kind of the identity they've been forming this season. We're tied coming into the season. I don't think any of us really saw,
0: kind of, dare I say, Claude Julian type hockey winning games for this team. Yeah, I mean these guys are a chameleon. I think that's the best way you can really describe it. They can win games five to four. We've seen a few of those. We've seen some of these close games too. It's really about just they can adapt to almost any situation. I think that comes back to sort of theme of the season has been the injuries and, and how does the team rebound from losing so many key pieces and now you're seeing it yeah. they go against a team This te- it's not a good team Detroit but they play a tight kind of game they can wear you down they get some good goaltending uh, but this team again they adapt they're a chameleon and they score some goals when they need it anchored by their top line which is the best line in hockey in my opinion so this is one of these teams that I think the identity is just you know it, it's soldiering on if you will I think that is more the identity than, than grind it out It's just they can do whatever their opponent is trying to sort of force them into, while also dictating their own style of play. How much of that, you know, and Coach he also referenced that
1: as well, and we saw Charlie McAvoy reference it after the game. But how much of that is is the young kids sort of buying in to what the veterans in the room said? I mean, I you know I got to say I talked with Joe Haggerty of Comcast Sportsnet New England one time heading into the season, and I was a little worried if there would be sort of a of a line in the, in the dressing room, so to speak, not literally, but you know, yeah. maybe there's some pushback with the young kids versus the, the old kids, and it seems like they're really buying in to what the leaders like Char and Bergeron and Marchand, or Bacchus too, now that he's back, uh, have to say, and, and it's really paying off on the ice.
0: Absolutely, and that comes back to your drafting identity and what you want out of your players and, and who you're really targeting, and I think. In, they've targeted some players here, and the players that you see here, they're seasoned rookies, if that makes any sense. It yeah. seems like DeBrus has a good head in his shoulders. He knows how to respond. I mean, Anders Bjork has been a great college player, and he sort of... Really committed themselves this summer towards being an NHL player. Charlie McAvoy, obviously, you know, he, he, last year he played for every for everybody possible. It seemed so. This has been a team that I think that the younger players they understand what it takes and and they're they're receiving the message. Whereas in the past, I don't know if you necessarily have that with Claude. I think there are some guys that walk on eggshells a little bit. They're a little nervous when they walk in that room and they see a shower, they see a Bergeron. But this summer, it really seemed that Cassidy and the front office told the players, you know, both veterans and rookies alike, hey. You may need to take a leadership role with this player, take him under your wing, develop him, and it seems that that's just been a great relationship for everybody involved right
1: now. Yeah, and I think you, everyone knows I'm a clued defender, and I, I, I don't think the problems really lied within him. I thought a lot of it was with management. But one thing you you mentioned a good thing there with the young players they have, and one thing that I think Don Sweeney and his staff, especially his amateur scouts who are out there on the road and interviewing these kids, they don't just look at the skill. You mentioned season and also character, and and I noticed that a lot of these young kids that are coming in have a lot of character. They're willing to learn, they're willing to take the body, they're willing to take a hit, they're willing to pay the price. And you don't always see that when a kid coming in, you know, like a McAvoy that's highly touted for his offensive skill, is willing to go in the corner and take that hit.
0: Absolutely, I think it comes back down to sort of the missteps that they've taken in the past. Tyler Sagan was not a great personality fit. Dougie Hamilton didn't want to be here. We never quite knew why he didn't want to be here, but you know he didn't want to be here. So I think those issues sort of forced them to sort of reevaluate what they were looking for in players. Is the best player available with this team? Obviously not. You look at Matthew Mar- Barzal out in Long Island right now, and right. that's a situation where he's a great player, but maybe something in his personality did not fit with what the Bruins were doing. And I'll tell you, from people I know with the Islanders, that was something that scared
1: them, and they they hesitated drafting, and they ended up doing it. But you know that's something that scared them. Maybe the Bruins saw that, so we bring up Charlie McAvoy here, you I think would agree. He's probably the biggest story so far at the Christmas Break here for Boston Bruins. I had a chance to talk to him recently uh, about the upcoming World Juniors and, and looking back last year when he was part of USA winning gold in Canada against Canada in the Bell Center. You know, it, it couldn't have been more perfect for Team USA and for McAvoy. But I asked him, you know, how much did that help you when you were thrown into the fire in the playoffs? So as you know, as I imagine there, he really embraced that opportunity there and he sort of learned from it and has embraced the lessons he got there in the World Juniors, and I, I think you see that right now. I mean, you see sort of a, a leader developing there. You see a guy, like we were saying earlier, that's willing to sacrifice, and you see a guy that knows
0: how to step up when the opportunity arises and when to rise to the occasion. Absolutely, and I think it comes back down to sort of bad experience. He's in Providence for, what, a weekend? He's up here for the NHL playoffs. I mean, it's pretty tough to do that when you're 19 years old, but he's done it. So I yeah. think when you, when you do that, it sort of. it was almost like you can throw anything at the kid and he's, he's able to handle it. And I think this year, we've seen a few games like that. You look at this team and their matchups, they've shut down a lot of the league's top scorers. Yeah. When they come here, or when they're on the road, really. I go back to that game against Pittsburgh, where he, he had a massive night. The, the Black Friday game. The yeah. Black Friday game, yeah. where he's matched up against Crosby, Hornquist, Ryan Reeves, you know, Kessel, all these guys in the final four minutes of the game, and he's out there. He's out there. He is blocking shots. He's pushing guys up from front of the net. He was a wall in that game. And that was sort of, I think, for me anyways, the coming of age moment for him where I was like, this kid is legit. More so in the playoffs. And you know that does come back with World Juniors when you're going against, you're in enemy territory, you're going against probably the greatest hockey power in the world, and you're shutting them down. I think, I mean, this kid is the total package. I will say that I think he's better than Dougie Hamilton was in year three. This is year one for him. I, I absolutely believe that. Oh yeah, I think he's got a lot more grit than Dougie Hamilton. And you know, it's
1: interesting, you, you talk about the Bell Center there, we referenced that. I remember one time, I, I want to say it was 2008, when the Bruins, uh, they were down 3-1, and they came back and forth at Game 7 against the Habs. And I remember before one game, I think the Bruins down the series, they go up to the Bell Center, and I asked Sean Thornton, you know, what's it like being the visitor here, you know, in the Bell Center? It's such a raucous place, and he said, well, it's easy, Murph. You're either going to shit your pants, or you're going to play out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it, and it, it totally describes, and I see that McAvoy. I mean, the situations he's been put in, he's either gonna do that or, he, or he's gonna step up, and he keeps stepping up, and I, I think that's a huge sign.
0: Yeah, and you, you, everyone keeps waiting for the come down. You know, they, they keep waiting for him to fall through. It's not gonna he's, happen. He's had
1: some games where he's, yeah. he's hit walls, but then the big, the, the older veterans, like Char or somebody, have picked him up.
0: Absolutely, but then I come back to the whole, last season, he plays at Wii for team USA, for Providence, and then in Boston. Yeah. He basically played an 82 game season last year, you know, for better or worse. I mean he was out there yeah. for almost a full NHL season. So in a lot of clutch situations. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I don't worry about this player, you know, necessarily falling off the cliff because he's been there. I think he's been there through every situation, every possible scenario, and, and you know, I think that a game like today is another example where you know this is not a great team, but they do have some high-end skill, they do have some guys that can score and can burn you he's hanging around. Yeah. He's still hanging around. Sure. So I, I, I'm, I'm a believer in, in Charlie McAvoy. And
1: obviously, he's had the pleasure of playing with Charlie. He spoke about that after the game on Saturday. Everywhere. I mean, what's that like for you as a young guy coming I mean, it's so valuable. I
0: can't. You can't put price tag on a, thing like a guy like that. I mean, I learned something every every game. Something from him. He's so vocal. Uh, the way he talks. The way he uh, breaks things down for me. You know, every. Every shift yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm teaching, him and a learning me, and I'm very thankful for
1: that. Now, while he's benefited from playing with Char, i got an interesting question to ask you here. Do you think having to lock him up could prevent them from extending Char? Yes. Depending no. on what Char asked for, and I, I, yeah. I know, we know that the, the two sides have talked, we know that they're trying to hammer that out right now, but I wonder when the Bruins are looking down the road, you know, do they have to tell Char, look, you gotta take a hometown discount if
0: you wanna play one more year here? I think so, but I think at the same time that's almost known between the parties. I think that, yeah. you know, he's not gonna break the bank. This is not gonna be a six million dollar contract the next time around. There's no. no way. He's it's so, not gonna be a Markov situation like it was in Montreal. No, no, yeah. absolutely not. The relationship seems pretty stable for the yeah. most part. So so I I think that I look at Char and I still say that he's the rock of that left side. If you look at their prospect pool, they don't have a ton of guys that are necessarily challenging for left side minutes. Right. So he, you still need him, I think, in a lot of ways. And and right now at 4 mil, I think he's a bargain. I really do. And I think that if you get him at a similar contract, maybe even a little bit less, maybe three and a half. Maybe right. three. I think that that's an even better bargain in a lot of ways. This is a player who remains committed to his physical fitness. He remains committed to the, being the leader of this team. Maybe not so much as Chris run but still. You know, he still has that cachet when he walks in the locker room. He's, still, uh, he's borderline a player-coach at this point, which this team with Bruce Cassidy being as as relatively young as he is, I guess, it can only help this team. So I keep him around, unless he comes in saying he wants 6 mil. You know, right. you keep him around, and I think he'll be able to make it work. they got some tricky financial situations that work out. Boleski obviously being right. the big one. What are you going to do there? But I think overall their picture is still stable enough where they can afford to keep Chauer and McAvoy and...
1: Have a cohesive unit if you will i'm with you on that and we'd be remiss right now if we don't bring up tuka rask and, and the way he's turned his season around now both he and uh, coach cassidy after the game on saturday still alluded to not getting the breaks and you know not getting the bounces and, and tighter defensive play and, and really saying that tuka really wasn't playing that bad well i agree with him i still think he looks more focused out
0: there Absolutely, and this comes back towards, I think a greater point is that Cassie knows what buttons to push the Jukerask. Yeah, I was just going to go there. You look at well, last year... Well, just I the whole team right oh, now. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at the young kids he's with and he's done... Jukerask is a great yeah. example of York. that. Absolutely, yeah. but if you go with Rasp, You go back to last year. Bay game, mm-hmm. they lose six three. They had a chance to clinch a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And after the game, Cassie says, "You know, Tuukka needs to be better. Tuukka needs to be better. He needs to be the rock of this team." And how does Rasp respond? He rattles off I think eight wins and nine starts, a nine start. <laughs> sixty save percentage, just crazy vintage ras stuff. Okay. So, and then this year he's, he rides the pine for what feels like all of November, uh-huh. and he comes back and he loses the first start. But what does Cassie do? He sticks with him because he knows that he's he's pushing him the right way. So. Yeah. So I think that's a huge thing for this team and, and in a lot of ways He is the backbone I think that this team only goes as far as Rask takes them We've, We learned that in 2013 And you saw that last year He almost got you by Ottawa I know it sounds crazy They lost six games But his goaltending towards the end of that series He wasn't the issue No, yeah. absolutely not That game five He really sort of stole that game five For them in a lot of ways A double OT game in right. Ottawa so, so he is He knows what buttons to push him. And Rask is He seems dialed in He seems focused This is probably the best that he's played Since that end of season Run last year, I would say. And,
1: and let me ask you though. That being said, if he continues this, will he eventually shed this Rodney Dangerfield image of Boston? I know people on the airwaves here, fans, what have you, even media in the papers. It, it, for some reason, this guy just—I don't get no respect.
0: It's 100 percent true, and it's never going to go away. It will. It, It's—he's part of the three pillars of Bruins' blame. You have <laughs> David Krejci, Troy Krug, and Tuukka Rask. Right. Forward, defenseman, and goalie. Those are the three pillars of Bruins' blame. If they lose, it is one of those three players' fault. Without fail, thank so you. so it, that's the thing. He'll never shed it unless he wins Stanley Cup. In which case, nah, he'll he still may, find a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, it'll be similar to the whole Tim Thomas thing, they will be waiting for the bunker. Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: To well, listen, Tuca, we don't blame you. And uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Ty, Merry Christmas to you, my Merry friend. Merry Christmas hey, thank you for joining me here. Good talk as This always. has been the uh, Bruins beat and Garden report on ice combo here on CLNS meter I'm Jimmy Murphy. Have a good one.